Psalms chapter 64 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil manner. They commune of lying snares privately. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. Both <clears throat> the inward thoughts of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. So they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away. And all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him and all the upright in heart shall glory. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this service tonight this far. Lord, we want to give you praise and honor for what you've already done. And we ask you now that you'd bless the reading of thy word. I pray the next few moments that, God, you would give us liberty and vocabulary. God, help us not to say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit this morning, this evening. And I pray, God, that you would, uh, Lord, work through us and work in us tonight. And, oh, God, I pray, speak to us now in a personal manner, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes from Psalm 64 on this thought. This is a psalm of David, <clears throat> like most of the psalms. Not every psalm we know is a psalm of David, but this being a psalm of David. Uh, uh, in this psalm, David is in trouble like he is in often a lot of his psalms. And so uh, for the sake of time, I'm not really gonna deal with the background of this psalm tonight, but I think you can understand from reading Psalm 64 that David is talking primarily about his enemies and he's talking about those that <clears throat> would try to do him harm. But in this psalm tonight, what I really wanna uh, focus on is that David in this psalm uh, he gives us a picture of three different individuals, one being himself in verse number one and two. David uh, sees his own weakness in verse one and two. And then in verses three down to verse number six, he sees uh, his enemy's wickedness as he talks about them and how that they are out to get him and they have turned against him. And then in verse number seven throughout uh, the rest of the chapter, verse number 10, uh, he sees the Lord's willingness to help him and to defend him when others have turned against him. So David sees that he is weak and can't do anything. He sees that the wicked are relentless and are not gonna stop. But then he sees how that God is so faithful to always take care of him and to be his defense against his enemies, amen? And in particular, in this Psalm here, uh, David is talking about those that have turned against him. They are talking about him and they are out to get him. And I wanna preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on when people people turn against you. When people turn against you. Now you may be blessed tonight to stand here. I, I really don't know if I have any enemies. I know the devil is my enemy tonight. I know the world is my enemy. And I know this stuff that I'm wrapped up in tonight is my enemy. But if I was to make a list of individuals, and I'm talking about people tonight as enemies, I really don't know that I have any enemies. I, I'm sure that there are people out there that don't like me and there's people 
that don't like you, but I really don't know that I have any enemies tonight, but God knows, amen? And that's the thing about the, the enemy. The enemy in this text, David knew who some of them were, but then there were some that David did not know, even though he knew what they were doing. And you know, that's one of the worst enemies of all, is the enemy that goes undetected in our life, amen? Now, I know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but I think you'll agree with me tonight that there are times when people will turn against you and they will turn on you, uh, sometimes for no reason whatsoever. I don't wanna do anything to give someone a reason to turn against me, but if they do, then what I need to know is how to handle myself when others uh, have turned against me, amen? Now, that's where David is in this psalm tonight. He has had those that he has loved and tried to be good to, they have turned against him, and what I want you to see tonight is David has the right attitude when others have turned against him. Well, it's quiet, ain't it? Amen. I want to say tonight, sometimes, you may be here and say, well, preacher, I don't have anybody. Well, hold on. Because preaching is for several reasons. Number one, it's to help us when we're in it, but number two, it's prevented maintenance, amen? Now, we're not in a Methodist church. Some of y'all start saying amen tonight if you appreciate the truth, amen? I'll preach if you'll say amen. But I'm simply saying this and I can preach if you don't, but it's a whole lot better if you do, amen, on both of us. And so if I, I tell them all the time anywhere else, if I got to amen my own preaching, it's going to take me twice as long, amen. But when you think about that tonight, David is in this situation. Uh, David realizes that they have turned against him, but David does not want to become what his enemies have become. Why would God even let people turn against us? And now I want to remind you in Psalm 64, this is not the Philistines, amen. This is not the world. This is, we understand why the world doesn't like us tonight because they don't know Jesus, amen? And we don't have anything in common with the world. But this is, this is not the world tonight. You say, well, if it's not the world, then who is it? I'll tell you who it is. It's some of his friends. It's some of his family members. I, I wonder if there's somebody here tonight that you got a family member that's turned against you. Maybe you got a friend that's turned against you. You know, that's why you've got to be careful that you stay at arm's length, that you stay close to each other but you don't know everybody's business, amen? You're not in everybody's hip pocket all the time because that's a, that raises the caliber, uh, my friend, when you get too close, and I'm not talking about not being close, amen, but I'm telling you, when you get so close, you know their social security number, or you get so close, amen, uh, uh, you know what's hanging in their closet, friend, you need to back up and come again, amen? Uh, because when people get that close, uh, they lose respect for each other, they let their guard down, they find out things about each other that they should have never known, amen, y'all with me tonight, and it sets you up oftentimes uh, for others to turn against you. Now, I've seen people say, oh, but this person, Brother Gravely, there might be FF, amen, big fat fellow, that's what that stands for. There might be FF, big fat friends, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, they, they, they would never turn against me. I'm gonna tell you, friend, it happened in David's life. It happens in everybody's life. Uh, and listen, if you wanna have a long-lasting relationship, uh, you've got to keep it on a spiritual level. Somebody say amen right there. You've got to keep it on a, a comfortable level, but yet somewhat a professional level, but still be close. Isn't that right? And so that's where David is experiencing his turmoil, is he's let his guard down. And my friend, his own 
own family, his own friends has turned against him. But David does not want to become who they are. He wants to keep the right attitude. Why would God even allow this to happen in our life? I want to tell you why. One reason is because it reminds us that God is the truest friend and the greatest friend that you and I will ever have. Amen? Now we have friends and we have loved ones and our spouses are close to us and, and no doubt our spouse is our dearest friend on earth. Amen? But God is that friend that can make that promise, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen? He is the friend that can make that promise, I'll go with you always, even unto the end of the world. And so David, uh, my friend, goes through this, and one, because God wants him to know that he is his dearest and truest friend. A second reason that we go through these types of, of experiences when people turn against us is that it reminds us that we need God and that we cannot help ourselves. amen? I'm telling you, when somebody that you are close to turns on you, a family member, a friend, maybe a church member, someone that you had a lot of confidence in, it reminds you in that situation when you can't fix it and you can't put it together that God is your only defense, he is your only help and God allows that to remind us, amen? And I think a third reason is that if we're gonna be like Jesus, amen, then we're gonna have to experience some of the things that Jesus experienced while here on earth, amen? I wanna tell you, it was our Savior's truest friends that turned against him in his hour of need. That betrayed him. We don't like to talk about that, but it happens, doesn't it? And I think if we're gonna be like Jesus and if we're gonna be like David here, we gotta ask ourselves, how do you keep a right attitude when others have attacked you or turned against you? How do you keep from getting bitter? How do you keep from, from going against them? Well, I want to see, first of all, David has four attitudes in this text here that helped him when others had turned against him, his son, his wisest counselor, his nephew. How did he keep the right attitude? Well, I see, first of all, that David had the attitude of prayer. Notice in verse number one and two, he said, hear, me, hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the, the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. You see, David is praying to God in this psalm here. He has an attitude of prayer. If he's gonna talk about his enemies, he's gonna talk to God about his enemies. Amen? Do you know tonight, if you sit down and you talk about somebody that has done you wrong and mistreated you, do you know it may make you feel better for the moment because you vented that, but it doesn't help the person that you're telling that to. Amen? It doesn't make them a better Christian if you tell them what somebody did to you. It doesn't make them any closer to God. It doesn't fix the situation. It doesn't help it none whatsoever. You say, well, if I'm not going to talk to anybody, when somebody mistreats me, what am I supposed to do? You're to take it to the Lord and leave it there. Amen. And that's what David does in Psalm 64. He comes and he says in verse number one, he says, God, would you hear me? He said, hear my voice, oh God. David wants God to hear him. Amen. He's not going to talk to anybody else. And I would think rightfully so. When your wisest counselor and most faithful friend turns against you, it'll teach you the lesson of all lessons, amen, that there's really only one person that you can put it in the hands of, and that's the hand of God, amen. And so David said, I'm not going to anybody else. If Ahithophel would turn against me, if Absalom, my son, would turn against me, then I'm just gonna take it to the Lord. And he says, God, would you hear me, amen. I think oftentimes when people experience people turning against them, they hardly ever pray about it. 
They talk to others about it. They poison others by the bad doings of those that have mistreated them. David says, God, would you hear me? He says, God, he says in this verse here, would you notice what he says here? Not only would you hear me, but he says, God, would you help me? Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. You say, well, I've got this great friend and if I go tell them what so-and-so did to me, it's gonna help me. They're gonna give me counsel. I'm gonna tell you something. The wisest counsel in the world can't fix your problem, amen? But if you go to God and pray about it and pour your complaint out to God and ask God to hear you, God won't just hear you. He'll help you, amen? I'm telling you, listen, he'll reach down and fix the situation. If that person on the other end doesn't change and that's, that he can't, listen, that's up to them. That's their choice. But God knows how to help you when others do you wrong, when others turn against you. David says, God, would you hear me? God, would you help me? And then he says this. uh, He said in verse number two, God, would you hide me? He said, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. You see tonight when someone uh, tries to or gets on your trail and tries to uh, to go against you or tries to, to hurt you or tries to take you down, David said, I know what to do. I'm not going to fight that battle. He said, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to seek God. I'm just going to ask God to hear me. I'm going to ask God to help me. Hey, you can't do nothing with that family member. You may not be able to do nothing with that friend. I'll tell you what you can do. You can lay their name before God and you can pray and you can let God hide you. Uh, He knows how to take care of you uh, when the enemy is on your heels. Amen. As I see David has an attitude of prayer. I wonder how many relationships could be fixed if more people had an attitude of prayer. I realize it takes two people to fit in this situation. Absalom's not gonna get right. Ahithophel's not gonna get right. You say, well, what if they're not gonna get right? They may not get right, but if they don't get right, whether they do get right or don't get right, you remember one thing. You don't let what they've done to you cause you to be wrong, amen? David said they may never get right. They may never apologize. They may never do right. They may never repent, but I gotta get all that out of my heart. I gotta get all that out of my life. I gotta let all that go. You say, how do you let it go, preacher? On your knees, amen? Taking it to God in prayer. You can't harbor it. You can't hold on to it. I'm talking about David. When others had turned against him, when others had mistreated him, when others had done him wrong, David has an attitude of prayer. Secondly, not only does he have an attitude of prayer, but notice in verse number three, down to verse number six, that David has an attitude of perception. Amen. What I mean by that is David knew exactly what they were doing to him. He talks about in verse number three, their mouth. He said, they wet their tongue like a sword. Bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. You know, sometimes people will say little slang things. They'll they'll kindly say something with an undercoat, you know, just to kindly kindly stab you a little bit, you know. I don't know, y'all probably never had anybody do you that way, have you, amen? You probably never did nobody else that way. But they want to get their message across, so they kindly code the message, you know. They send it in a different avenue just so you get the point, uh, but you get it in in an obscure, way and so David said that's what they're doing they're wetting their lips like a sword and they're saying little things you know we got to be careful about some people they've got the gift of gab and boy they're real good at how they do it but not only do they have the gift of gab they got the gift of stab too amen is that right y'all met anybody like that 
sweet as sugar on one side, but the minute you turn your back, amen, here it comes. Boy, y'all so serious tonight. Y'all making me nervous, and that takes a whole lot to make me nervous. I'm talking about David. You know, a spiritual person can detect those things. As a pastor, sometimes you see those things. And you pray God lets you see them for this reason. Not so that you'll go talk. Not so that you'll attack them. So that you'll pray. I've seen the work of God delivered many times through prayer. When others would try to undermine and misuse the work of God, God has taken care. We've dodged many bullets many times. Doesn't mean we couldn't have a major problem tomorrow, but God takes care of his church when people are praying, amen? He talks about their, their, their mouths. He talks about their motives. Look what he said in verse number four, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. You know, when people uh, get on a trail, on a mission uh, to go against somebody, they, they'll stop at nothing. That's the way Saul was. He would stop at nothing to take David down. And you look all throughout David's life, there was men that was constantly rising up, going after David. And God took care of each one. Each time that they would rise up, God would take care of them. But when one would fall, another one would rise up. And what that tells us is this. When you're serving God and you're living for Jesus and you're trying to do what you're supposed to, there's always gonna be somebody clipping at your heels. Amen. It may be on the job. It may be down at the schoolhouse. It may even be at the church church house, God forbid. It may be, listen, your neighbor down the street, but there's always going to be somebody that's going to have something to say. And my friend, this world is not getting any better. Amen? But the motive in verse number five is they want to shoot at those that are upright. They don't like those that are doing what God wants them to do. And so you see their motive in verse number four, their mouth in verse number three. But I want you to look at their matters in verse number five. The Bible said they encourage themselves in an evil matter. Well, this is a sad commentary, but it's true. I have seen people in church, to my knowledge, there's nobody here like that right now, and I thank God for it. But just in case there is, it's good preaching. Maybe it'll flush that out. But I have seen people, Brother George, in church rejoice in their heart, put a smile on their face whenever bad things happen in the church. Now, them people are either not saved or they are so far from God. I'm going to lean more on the, on the latter. I mean, on the, on the former. When you think about that tonight, there are people that, you know, they don't want to see the work of God go forward. They don't want to see God bless. And I know we don't like to think about it, but the devil, the Bible said he comes in and he sows tares among the wheat. I mean, there's no church that's 100% wheat. You wished it was that way. But there are people, and so you say, why preach that, preacher? Because I think a lot of times sheep need to wise up. They need to look around. They need to have their spiritual radar up and their spiritual eyes open. Doesn't mean you talk about it. Doesn't mean you detect everything. And we don't know everything, but when you see something and a red flag goes up, you ought to mark it, amen? And you ought to pray about it. And you ought to pray for them. And, and you ought to pray, say, preacher, has it ever happened? Sure, it's happened. Amen. I'm going to tell you, there's been a lot of times in deacons meetings, we've sat down and we just, we just rejoiced and said, thank God, we made it through that one. Amen. And the church never knew anything. God took care of that situation. Well, I thank God for some praying men, don't you? Uh, that whenever something does rise up, they'll conceal the matter. He that's of a faithful spirit will conceal the matter. He won't go around and tell everybody. She won't go around and tell everybody. 
They won't try to investigate. Somebody say amen. You don't work for the CIA. Don't try to investigate matters in a church. Just go to church, worship God, pray for your church, thank God for your church. And if something raises its head up, just go to your knees and talk to God. He's big enough to take care of it. You say, preacher, what are you gonna do? I'm not getting involved if I don't have to, amen. I promise you that. Isn't that right tonight? The attitude of perception. Just because I don't preach on it don't mean I don't see it. In fact, if I do see it, God would really have to tell me before I preach on it, and I have. But it's a last resort, not a first. The attitude of perception, I think we need more of that in our church, amen? Discernment of the spirit, the manipulation. Look what he said in verse number six. They search out iniquities. They accomplish it. They accomplish a diligent search. They find out things that they should never find out and know. Both the inward thought of every one of them, the heart is deep. Maybe tonight, I pray that this message never has to be used here. But tonight, it could be prevented maintenance. Amen. I believe God does that. I believe God sends messages that are nothing more than warnings and wisdom for what may be coming down the road, amen? What you and I cannot see. And the reason that David, don't put your head in the sand and just say, well, everything's wonderful, everything's glorious, and it is. Thank God that it is, amen? I'm not gonna wait till the problem arises to deal with it, amen? I'm telling you, I'd rather go ahead and preach it now and just lay it all out. Let's educate ourselves about what the Bible says and let's have an inline of discernment and perception and pray for our church because, hey, the devil could send trouble in the door tomorrow. Somebody say amen. As wonderful as it's been all these years and as good as it's been all these years, you know what? The devil could send the biggest troublemaker in the county through the doors tomorrow and stir this place upside down. You realize that? Or he could get in a good church member and turn everything upside down. He could get in the pulpit, amen? And so the reason David had an attitude of perception was because David had an attitude of prayer. You see, prayer brings perception. Then I noticed David had an attitude of peace. Look at verse number seven. He said, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. David talks about here that God will fight for him. He says in the next verse that God is going to finish them so that they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away. You see, God always did that for David. When the enemy rose against him, whether it was a lion or a bear or a soldier or whether it was Saul, a king, or whether it was a family member or whether it was a friend, God was always at work for David. God was always taking care of him, defending him. What does that say to you and I tonight? It says that whenever people turn against us, we don't need to get down to their level. We don't need to become who they are. We don't need to go on on the defense mode. What we need to do is put our faith in God and turn it over to the Lord and realize that God will take care of us. He always has, amen? Well, I have to admit, sometimes it looked like it wasn't gonna happen. Sometimes it looked like they were gonna win. Sometimes it looked like the enemy was gonna overcome. But somehow, somewhere, in some way, if you'll just be faithful, if you'll just do what's right, if you'll just stand where you've always stood, if you'll just mark your ground and don't move, amen, don't get bitter and don't become them, God will take care of you, amen. And you can have peace at night. And I think that's one of the greatest things is to be able to lay your head down at night and not toss over the situation or the individuals. I met a lady one time that was so bitter 
that she, in, in talking and trying to help her, she was so bitter at an individual that she could hardly sleep sometimes. She told me and my wife that very thing. She said the anger that was in me because they did me wrong, said it would boil up in me that sometimes I, it would just gnaw at me to the point I could not sleep. You know what's so sad about that situation? The person that she was mad at was already in eternity. It was already gone. And I said to him, I said, you're going to have to get this right with God. You're going to have to let this go. They're gone. She said, but if they was back and if I just had one more chance, I said, you know, if you could tell them everything you wanted to, you wouldn't feel no better. Isn't that right? Giving people a piece of our mind does not make us any closer to God. Amen. Doesn't make us any spiritual, more spiritual. And it never does this. It never gives peace. It may bring some satisfaction temporarily because you told them what you wanted to, but it never gives you peace because if you and I that are saved, or when you lay your head down at night, you know what the Holy Spirit's going to say to you? He's going to say, you wasn't a very good Christian. That's not what I wanted you to say. Losing our cool, blowing our stack, telling people what we think. If we could step out of our body and see what other people would see, boy, we wouldn't think very good of ourselves, would we? David has peace in this text. He lays his head. I want the attitude of peace, don't you? I want to be able to sleep at night. I don't care when the storm is raging. I don't care what people are saying. I want to say, preacher, anybody on your heels? Not that I know of, but I hope I'm not preaching because it's coming. But if it comes, I'll tell you this much. I want peace, don't you? Divorcing yourself from public opinion is one of the greatest things that you'll ever have. The attitude of peace. And then I noticed this tonight. The attitude of praise. Look what David said in verse number 10. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Now you think about this tonight. David starts out in this psalm with the attitude of prayer. Because David goes to God in prayer, then he has the attitude of perception. He is fully aware of what people are doing. He's aware of what they're saying, how they're saying it, why they're saying it. But David's not talking to nobody else. David is talking to God. And in that attitude of prayer, God turns the light on and he lays everything out before God. But then God gives him the attitude of peace. You know what prayer will do? It will bring peace to your soul. You can think on something until it'll drive you crazy. But you can pray about it. And it'll take all the fear, the anxiety, the worry. The, God, a calm spirit comes over when you pray about it. And then you know what'll happen? When you get the attitude of peace, you get the attitude of praise. Amen. Hey, sometimes you gotta go to church with the devil. Somebody say amen. Come on now. I, I mean, it's, it's so. Sometimes you gotta go to church with the devil. Sometimes you gotta go to work with the devil. Amen. But don't act like you don't know who they are because you can spot them a mile away. And uh, I had to work with a guy for four years. And I'm telling you, I, he was the one guy in the plant I did not want to work with. I remember when I went there, I was working in the back of, in the back of a warehouse where there's a bunch of rugs and, and this one feller, and I, and I won't go into the story, but I mean, he was just a nuisance to everybody. He had problems with everybody. He caused problems on the job. And you know what I said? I made the awful mistake of saying, boy, I sure am glad I don't work with him. I got stuck with him for four years. I poured his liquor out in the basement one time. Didn't know it was his. Made him so mad. Well, things, the pressure really went up then. Amen. I'm just telling you how it is. And I'm going to tell you, if anybody drove me to the edge, this guy knew how to push every button. 
But it was a test. God said, you'll never win him if you don't control yourself. God said, it doesn't matter what he does, what he says, or how he acts. You're accountable for yourself tonight. I wonder tonight, do you have the attitude of praise? You see, if you and I are not careful, we will let what others, now think about it, don't miss this. If you and I are not careful, here's what will happen. Maybe the most important part of the message right here. If you and I are not careful, here's what will happen. Whether it's a family member, a friend, a church member, a co-worker, whoever it is. If we're not careful, we will let who other people are and what other people do and what other people say, we will let them rob us of our joy. And you'll come to church and you may get a little gladness, a little happiness, but you'll never have that joy you once had because of other people. I'll tell you, I don't want nobody to rob me of my joy. Do you? I may, listen, when I, when I die, I may not have my health. I may not have my ability to do a lot of things. I'll tell you one thing I want to keep till, the, till I breathe my last breath. I want to keep my joy. I want to die with joy in my, in my soul. Amen. I don't want what others have done and said to rob me of that. Tonight as we stand, what do you do when others attack you, when they turn against you, when they say things, when they mistreat you? I'll tell you what you do. You pray. You get an attitude of prayer about it. As long as you ignore it, it'll always be there. You can't, you can't sweep it under the rug. You can't, you can't put it away. You got to deal with it. Tonight would be the night to do that. If the Holy Spirit deals with your heart. It may have been something that happened five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to, at some point, you're going to have to get victory over it. You're going to have to give it to God. And you're going to have to ask God to help you. And he'll do that tonight. He'll hear you. He'll help you. He'll hide you from it if you'll, if you'll let him tonight while we sing. What are we going to sing, brother?